someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. One hour down, one hour to go. As the world watches the what's going on in the Middle East, a lot of people have a lot of questions and are trying to figure out how did we get to this spot? What is the U- U.S. response to this? Joining us now on the show, the CEO of Concerned Women for America, Penny Nance. Penny, welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be on with you in this hard, difficult time, but I really appreciate you covering this issue. It, it, it really is that it's one of these that, that, you know, it seemed to sneak up on everybody. But as we all know, there's been a long history of tensions in the Middle East and particularly over this area Give us a little background on what led up to this weekend in Israel. Well, I mean, where do we start? Um, you know, of course, uh, there's always been, well, let's, let's start with the fact that Israel is the size of the state of New Jersey, right? It's a very small country that is surrounded by terrorist groups who hate her who have made no bones and been very clear about the fact that they want to wipe Israel off of the face of this earth. And when they say that, they're not just being, you know, they're not just making a joke or or overblown statement. They mean it. They absolutely mean it. And so there's a history of rockets coming on from Gaza. I think it was in 2007, something around, or 2006 that um, Israel withdrew from Gaza, gave it to the Palestinians, um, and then within a matter of days, the Palestinians uh, threw out the leaders, threw them off the top of roofs, and elected Hamas, elected Hamas, who are a terrorist, terrorist organization to run their government, and they've had violence ever since. So when this first started, I heard that rockets, in fact, I just came back from Italy. I was out of the country, and I heard that rockets were going over into Israel, which is horrible, but it's almost like any day. It happens often. And if you go to Israel, and, I, and I'm sure you have, you've gone to, to the Gaza border and perhaps gone to Sidrot, which a lot of the violence is happening in right now, you go to the police station and see leftover rocket shells and things that have been sent over. So it's a pretty normal day. But what's different about this time is it was a full-fledged invasion that was carried out from air, land, and sea and was very complicated and perhaps, uh, you know, people believe was done at the behest and with the assistance of Iran. Certainly funds came from Iran, and it has been known to happen over and over and over again. So just recently, when the Biden administration gave $6 billion to Iran to their savings account um, and to swap for prisoners, that meant that in their checking account they had another $6 billion to spend on terrorism, and they did. That's, I mean, that, that's crazy when you hear that. Well, yes, and the and the other thing is the Biden administration has freed up other funds. Instead of following through on President Trump's um, issues of sanctions, the sanctions that he put against um, Iran, 
the Biden administration has not enforced them. So it's not really just $6 billion. It's more like $70 billion that have been freed up, no longer frozen in accounts around the country like South Korea and other countries. And so now they are flooding the airways and trying to take out the people they hate the most in this world, the little tiny nation of Israel, the U.S., closest ally and only other democracy in the Middle East. They have destabilized the entire region and killed Americans and other, uh, not just Jews and not just uh, people from Israel, but people, Americans and people from around the world. You know, one of the questions I hear from people is, okay, we're seeing these, you know, just awful pictures and videos that, that, that are on social media coming out. But I've heard some from some people that have a little bit of just they're just fatigued with being involved in foreign conflicts. And a lot has to do with the Ukrainian and Russian conflict. A lot of them are like, well, why should we be involved? What's what's the reason that America should care and be involved in this particular conflict? America has direct interest in the Middle East. And as I said before, uh, Israel is the only other democracy, the one that's most like us. The U.S.-Israel relationship benefits both of us. Much of what we have uh, benefited from, from medical research, cancer research, um, agricultural research has all come from Israel. It is essential that we have a partner in the Middle East instead of allowing that region to be wiped off the face of the earth. And let me just add as a Christian, it is clear that Jesus, that, that Genesis says, I will, I will bless them that bless thee, I will curse them that curse thee. That is not just a, an empty statement. That is not just a political statement. That is an absolute truth that the people of Israel are God's people. They have been murdered and chased out of every country almost in the world. They suffered a Holocaust of six million people. They deserve to have one country in which is their own, in which they are safe. And in every way, it benefits the United States and is only right that we should be their partner. What, what you know, obviously, we, it's, a, it's a fairly quick moving situation, but it looks like Israel has launched a counterattack this morning. What else do we know that 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 is going on uh, as we speak? Well, it's it's very uh, at this moment, it's not clear what's happening. And it's, you know, as you said, unfolding every moment. But I just ask people to recognize, imagine that your kids, you know, your 20-somethings, uh, college students decide to go to a music festival, which, you know, happens every day in the United States. And they're all going and they're celebrating, um, you know, the beginning of the school year or whatever. And then terrorists come over the border, say they're in Texas. They come over the border and wipe out and kill almost every single one of them. That is exactly what happened in Israel. 260 kids who were just at a music festival were murdered, kidnapped, raped and paraded through the streets naked. This is the kind of um, hostility that the people of Israel are having to live under. Um, this, is, this is not just about a military action, and, and a lot's been said about this being the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, and it's a very similar situation where uh, Middle Eastern countries all moved against Israel at one time. But this is different. This is when they have actually not just gone after combatants, but now they're going after civilians, and they're murdering and kidnapping them. But I'll tell you one thing. If you know anything about the Israelis, this will not stand. Not one of those kids will be left over in Gaza alone. They'll either come back 
alive or dead, but they will not be left. Uh, what's what's the proper, in your opinion, what's the proper response from the United States in this situation? Is it is it sanctions? Is it financial support? Is it true? What's what's our role in protecting Israel as you you know not not just being God's chosen people, but as a as an incredible trading partner for our country? Well, I, I'd say as an individuals, we need to you know uh, follow uh, Psalm one twenty two and pray for peace in Israel. Uh, my family put out an Israeli flag in front of our house so that all of our neighbors could reminded be reminded to pray for Israel. That's just a little step that we can all do. Prayer is essential. It's concerned women for America. We absolutely believe that prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do. And beyond that, as a nation. Um, Congress needs to come back into session. They need to uh, give them as much supplies as they need. I, we have, we are um, we give Israeli aid, which they they turn eighty percent of that is turned back around and um, invested in the ability for them to defend themselves. So we need to make sure they have everything they need um, for Iron Dome replenishment and all. Each each one of the missiles that shoots down. Another missile is about a million dollars, by the way. So they need to have what they need in order to protect themselves. And we need to support them because this is not going to be one over in a few days. This is going to take time. And the longer it takes, the lo- you'll start to see the world who are aghast at what's happened right now start to turn on them. We must hold steady. And Gaza, although it was a great idea and it made sense at the time for them to give back control to Palestinian authorities, has done nothing but cause them death and destruction, and they're going to have to take care of business. One of the things that's going on in the midst of all this, obviously this is the United States phenomenon, but we, last week, they they vacated the chair in Washington, Mm D.C., so we don't have a Speaker of the House. What? How does, you know, what's what's the conversation around Washington, D.C.? How does Congress figure out a speaker and get back to work so we can provide some of this aid? Because uh, essentially Congress is locked up right now in an intractable position because there's no leadership. Well, I think it, there is a vast majority of Congress Democrats and Republicans are on the side of Israel on this issue. That's one of the odd things about this about the city. If you've ever been to an APAC conference or anything like that, you will see both Democrats and Republicans coming together on this one issue because we all recognize the U.S. interest um, in the U.S.-Israel relationship. So it's a very small minority uh, in Congress that does not support Israel right now. They certainly can move together. We have an acting Speaker of the House in the Republican Party, Patrick McHenry, um, but I strongly believe that come probably tomorrow, Wednesday the latest, I would predict that there will be a new Speaker elected and um, I think they'll move very quickly. Uh, just, just you know, insider perspective. Who do you sense will be the speaker when this when this re- gets all resolved this week? Gosh, I have I don't know. Oh come but, on, you're supposed to have the insight. I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I knew, I would tell you, but I really don't know. But I, what I will tell you is, it's a win win. I mean, I think you know the top people are Steve Scalise, who I know very well. And, and very close to and support very strongly. And also Jim Jordan, who's a great, great man and a great leader. So uh, either way, I think they're going, the Republicans going to have a fantastic speaker that they're going to elect very quickly. Um, and this, I think, will happen even more quickly than it would normally have because of this issue. I think that the Republicans need to know that they've got to get their acts together very fast.
Yeah, and without turning this into a, a, a political football, I think a lot of people, and in particular the, the Jewish community in the United States, views or, or, or blames the, the Biden administration for their, their, their failure to act more quickly and, and, and some of the, the acts they've taken. Do you think that continues on to next year? Do you think Joe Biden pays a price for this when, when he's up for reelection? Well, I hope so. I mean, and it's not just this one issue. The Biden administration has been a complete disaster on foreign policy, of course, starting with the withdrawal from Afghanistan and now this. And I don't know how they ever come back from this. But, you know, I don't know. A lot of people around town aren't sure that it's actually going to be Joe Biden. I think sandbags are going to be out on every <laughs> every corner. <laughs> that Joe Biden steps on, put out by his own people. So if I, if I were him, I'd be watching out. Um, but I don't, you know, again, that I'm being silly. But the truth is, I think it is very difficult for him to come back. And I have to say that I honestly believe that if Donald Trump were president, this would have never happened because he never would have given uh, away the sanctions. He would have kept the pressure on. Um, I don't think Iran would have tried it. The, the other thing, and we didn't talk about this, I think what perhaps is, was the final blow that really set this off, and this was well-planned, so they've been planning this for quite a while, was the fact that the U.S. and U.S., Saudi Arabia and uh, Israel were coming together on a, a trilateral um, uh, a, a, a trade plan and were working together, and they wanted to discourage Saudi, Saudi Arabia from actually doing business with Israel and normalizing relations with Israel. So all of this is about stopping the Arab world from doing what every everything knows they should do, which is recognizing Israel's right to exist. Tell, tell, tell me a little bit, or, or tell our listeners a little bit, uh, obviously we dove right into the conflict in Israel, you're, you, you run an organization called Concerned Women of America. For those who don't know, tell us a little bit about what the organization does. Great. Thank you. Concerned Women for America is the nation's largest public policy women's organization. And obviously, we're conservative. We have seven core issues. We're strongly pro-life. We worked very hard for the overturn of Roe v. Wade. We're grassroots women. And obviously, we're very uh, one of our key issues is support for Israel. And we believe in local control of education, uh, U.S. sovereignty, religious freedom, and um, and we will work very hard to make sure that we are protecting the U.S.-Israel relationship. We'll be very bold in this moment, and um, we are really the voice for conservative women in Washington and the state capitals. Um, if anybody would like to join or just get information for, uh, from us, go to concernedwomen.org and follow us on um, our all social media channels. I'm also my Instagram has a picture of my house with our Israeli flag flying proudly in front of it, and uh, would love to have your listeners' support and, and attention. Penny, as we w- one of the things we do every day on the show, we we uh, finish up with it, what's called our question of the day. Question of the day every day on the show, different for the day before. Everybody answers the question today. Question of the day today, sort of in the same vein, but what is the single biggest? challenge that america faces right now the biggest problem for the u.s is that we have become a much more secular nation than our founders and certainly there have been areas that that we have failed in and that we needed to grow in certainly i would mention slavery is very key among those but 
we in the past were at our founding were a much more religious nation. As we become a more secular nation, we we lose our true north, and um, and it as we forget our biblical principles, it's much more easy for us to fall away and to fall for false ideologies. I mean, I would point out the issue of the radical gender ideologies that's permeating our school system. That is just a symptom of something deeper, not, not recognizing that we were created male and female um, in the image of God and that there's a unique dignity in each and every person. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned, if, if anybody's interested in more information about Concerned Women for America, you can find them on, on the Internet or on social media. Penny Nance, thanks so much for joining us today, for giving us Thank an update you. on what's going on in great. Israel. Thanks. Have a great day. God bless. Again, Penny Nance, CEO of the Concerned Women for America, the world's, or the, the United States' largest individual Christian women's organization, giving us an update on What's going on over in Israel? We'll continue to discuss that. Likely all this week, so much more to come. When we come back, we'll dive back into what's the latest on the speaker's race in Washington, D.C. 